Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. This is your host, Angela O'Mara. If you've ever wondered why so many patients are now using a new product called PedioThread, then today's guest, Dr. Martin Kassir, a board-certified dermatologist who practices in Dallas, Texas, is here with us today to discuss all the ins and outs about PDO threads and this amazing new facial rejuvenation procedure. Dr. Kassir, welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Angela. Great to be with you. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, before we get started talking about, you know, PDO threads and, and their new uses, um, I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your practice and uh, some of the other aesthetic treatments that you offer. Great. So as you mentioned, I'm a board-certified dermatologist. I've been in practice in Dallas and some in New York for the past uh, 20 years. I concentrate on non-invasive aesthetic procedures, so basically anything for which you don't go to sleep. Um, My specialized expertise is in lasers, energy-based devices, injectables, needling, threads, and so forth. I've been an international instructor and lecturer uh, doing workshops and lasers and aesthetics in over 40 uh, countries. So I have the privilege of seeing how people and doctors and dermatologists and plastic surgeons do things in other countries. And I also get to see these devices, fillers, procedures, etc., before a lot of them come to the to the U.S., and with the diversity of population that I see, it really helps me treat all kinds of uh, skin types. So I've sort of evolved into a, an ethnic uh, skin expert, which is you know very helpful both in Texas and in New York. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think just across the board, you know, there's been so many advances made, especially as it does relate to ethnic skin and healing and, and different things. So I think that's great that you you do have that area of, of specialty, uh, which really does set you apart. Um, well, I would like to go into talking with you about the Asifil um, PDO thread, and perhaps sure. if you can tell us how, you know, how did you first, like, you know, you kind of said, you know, you do seem to be ahead of the curve in terms of right. new treatments and techniques, and, and so how did you first become interested in offering PDO threads? So it's, it is very interesting because it's very non-conventional. As we sort of discussed, the, this world of aesthetics of ours continues to evolve and does so at a very fast pace. So non-invasive uh, procedures that we offer continue to grow and expand. My uh, initial foray into aesthetics was with lasers, and threads relate to lasers uh, in my mind, and let me tell you how. They're both scientific, and they involve a lot of physics. So lasers with light and how it interacts with tissues and threads based on the technology of the thread itself. And without, you know, boring you with too many details, the um, (laughs) threads that come in, (laughs) well, threads come in smooth and barbed forms. So the thickness of the threads, the thickness of the barbs, if they have barbs on them, the length of the barbs, the angle of the barbs, the distance between the barbs. So I was waiting for an sort of ideal thread 
to come out with the issues that I had seen with previous technologies. And I think with um, these uh, Ashufil uh, threads, it's very close to what I envisioned as the ideal type of thread. So once this came on the market, I was very enthusiastic about um, using it and getting into the uh, clinical part and just moving forward with it. What are polydiacts? Yeah, and I just wanted to ask, and you know, based along the line of the PDO threads, um, which I understand are made of a substance, polydioxanon. Is that how you say that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Can, can you explain what that is and uh, how it works? Sure. So, in short, these polydioxanone or PDO, O like Oscar, threads, they're basically suture material that we've used for. 30, 35 years, especially in the cardiac and the uh, pediatric surgery fields. They've since evolved into becoming uh, usable in the aesthetic field. And again, some of the other threads um, that have been used due to the variables that I mentioned weren't ideal. They broke, they didn't hold, they dissolved too fast, and so forth. So these threads now do two things. The barbed threads can move tissue slightly and elevate, and we'll get into the clinical indications. And then the smooth threads can serve to induce a collagen reaction to develop new collagen that gets lost as we age and we get sun damage and so forth. So they both improve the quality of the skin, which is very important, and they reposition uh, the skin. So those are the two main uh, benefits that we get from uh, threads. And then what areas of the face and body does the Ashifil thread site? What does it specifically address? So it you can use it for just about any body part. What I've concentrated on the most in facial contouring, we can do cheek enhancement, we can lift the jawline, we can lift the um, brow area. And the challenge with uh, traditional fillers and injectables that we can't use, sometimes the perioral area, the periorbital area, let's say we get a hold of someone who has not had any kind of botulinum toxin to freeze their muscles. So now they have these thick lines um, already at rest. Uh, threads can um, be very useful in repositioning that skin and improving the skin quality with collagenesis to fill in where we don't have uh, collagen, which results in wrinkles. So crow's feet, forehead, cheeks, upper lip, volumization in any of those areas, uh, skin tightening, pore reduction, uh, and so forth. And again, all these principles can be applied to other parts of the body also. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize that, like you, how you had mentioned about forehead, you know, deeper forehead lines and how 
right. you know, the the threads do have the strength to be able to lift that. Do you see any? You mentioned earlier about you know having a you know an expertise in ethnic skin. Um, in terms right. of the threads, do you see any difference between ethnic skin and non-ethnic skin um, in terms of lifting? So two things there. Um, ethnic skin is burned more or is damaged more when we use light-based procedures because light gets absorbed more and um, in higher quantities in, in ethnic skin because they have more of a substrate. With threads, because there's no light involved, it's sort of colorblind. What I can tell you specifically about threads in ethnic skin is that ethnic skin people tend to not develop as many wrinkles as early as, let's say, Europeans or lighter-skinned people. So typically, ethnic skin people might present a little bit later and with less damage to be repaired, so we can do more with less in ethnic skin, if you will. Mm, okay, okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, so who would you say is the ideal patient for the uh, Asherfield pedial threats? So anyone can use these, um, as you feel, PDO threads. The ideal person might be someone that does not have good skin quality. They've had a lot of collagen loss due to sun damage or genetics or um, aging. But if they have mild to moderate laxity of the mid-face and jowls and marionette lines, they would be a really, really good uh, candidate. Also, it would be beneficial for smoothing and uh, volume in certain areas. Advanced as far as laxity, then they need surgery. If they don't have any laxity, then they might benefit from the smooth barbs. But um, it's just like anything else that we do. Every patient needs to be individualized and treated according to their uh, specific needs. And most patients, almost all patients, need a combination of treatments. So the more I've done this over time, I see no one procedure is like a miracle for um, all comers, but it's another very, very good tool in our toolbox to combine with the other um with the other tools that we question to you is you know because oh. you did mention you know the the various you know you know lasers and and fillers and and other you know non-surgical procedures that you offer and so right. my question was you know is this a standalone treatment or do you use it in conjunction with other products or skin tightening technologies um so in in you know kind of perhaps a patient uh, you know a female in her 50s comes in what right. what types of combined treatments might you offer to to a patient exactly. in that age demographic? So we first evaluate everyone with clinical and polarized photography so we can see under their skin and get an insight into not only what's already happened but what's going to happen. So first step, that's very important. So then we go and we do a stepwise approach. In the upper face where you have muscles, where you don't really have... Uh, a function for them, 
if they have dynamic wrinkles or wrinkles because of movement, obviously we put botulinum toxin in there to stop the movement. Once the muscles stop moving, then you're decreasing the rate of breakdown of the um, collagen and so forth. And then if they need volume, we can add volume loss. In areas I've seen, like the lower cheeks, where we we really cannot use botulinum toxin and it's very hard for skin quality, they don't need volume, they just have really, really bad skin, then I think smooth threads work really, really well. And then if they have some sagging or if they have really, really prominent nasolabial folds that with a little bit of pulling, um, they restore a lot of youthfulness without having the need for surgery, then I think these combinations work really well. But again, we sort of assess them top to bottom, forehead to chin and neck, and then see if they have a skin quality issue, if they have pigmentation issues, if they have vascular uh, issues, if they have melasma, if it's something that could be internal, um, how much loss have they had in terms of collagen, fat, and elastin. And then based on that, we work out a formula and idealize what their treatment regimen should be and in what order. Mm-hmm. That's quite fascinating, isn't it? Well, you know, I I would um you know one question that I do have in terms of, of the actual threads, you know, because there's been over the years several different types of of threads, you right. know, both permanent and non-permanent. Um, and so right. with the acetyl threads, are they absorbable or are, or are they a permanent um, treatment? So they're absorbable, and we've learned this from the suturing and the surgeries that we do with them. So they're a very known quantity, um, fortunately. They take six, eight months or so to fully absorb, and the idea is as they're getting absorbed and going away, they induce this reaction for your body to form collagen around them. So where they used to be, even after they're gone, you have a uh, collagen response. So then you maintain the result past the time of the absorption of this PDO thread. And, and then on average, how long would a patient expect a threadless procedure then, you know, using the acetyl threads to last before needing to return for maintenance? You know, I'll I'll answer that in two parts. The the first part is depend on what they needed and how aggressive a treatment you did. It can be two, three years and um and beyond. So someone that comes in that doesn't need as much with the same treatment would obviously last longer than if someone comes in and gets the same treatment but they're aging was much more uh, advanced. Um, But the really good thing that I like about the threads, it's not an all or none, let's say, like a facelift. So you can do a little bit. The patient can see um, what happens, what they can expect, and then they can always do more. Um, So you're not limited to a one time to do all the threading that you need to do. You could do it 
if in consultation with the patient, that's what they want. But you can sort of do it over over time as well because aging doesn't stop. It continues. And the absorbability of these threads is really good because the permanent ones, as you mentioned uh, before, that was another class, they stayed there and didn't evolve or change as the patient's aging, facial contour, fat, and collagen loss continued. So the absorbability is a very good uh, factor for me that allows me to continually treat these patients and not worry about something that's going to be in there permanently. Yeah, yeah, that makes absolute sense. You know, we have about, we're just over halfway through our show, and so I I just... um, no, we have loads of things that we could talk about um, in relation to this. And I have lots of questions, questions still to ask you, um, you know, and I do find that really, you know, quite an interesting, like how you just said about, you know, when with the former threads that were permanent and the, the patient continues to age and change around that exactly. structure. Um, so, so this makes perfect sense in terms of the absorbability of, of these threads. Um, are any incisions required with this technique? Um, how are they placed? So these threads are folded and loaded up onto very, very small needles. So the needles are inserted under the skin, and then they are pulled out, leaving the threads underneath uh, the skin. So it is a very technique-dependent procedure for which patients should go to um, experts in the field on. I'll tell you an interesting point. Um, Other than things like tattoo removal, I usually have procedures done on me before I ever do them on patients because I really want to know what they're feeling. So I had about 50-something threads put in um, my face before, and as a male, my pain threshold is not anything near <laughs> that of a female. And I'll and I'll readily admit that with no shame. Um but the 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 pain associated with it is very very tolerable. We only use topical anesthesia and for the conventional threading we don't need to make any cuts other than just inserting the needle um as I've uh, related to you uh, before. The interesting thing about it is I've learned from having had them done and then performing the procedure, of course, if you're in the right plane or the right layer where the threads go, you don't really feel much and neither does your your patient. So it's very good insight to have, having had this done uh, before uh, myself. Well, you're a brave one, <laughs> I have to say, to to have done that yourself. That's fantastic. Um, hey, and if I'm it's sure good enough re- for me, it's good enough for my patients, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah. um, I'm, I'm sure the results were were good for you, and you're happy. We're happy with them. Otherwise, you like you said, you wouldn't be doing this on your patients. Um, exactly. I was going to ask about anesthesia, but now that you've mentioned that, then. That's really great to hear because, you know, I think that is one of the upsides of these, you know, non-surgical procedures, and it is something patients want is, you know, the less anesthesia, the better. Would you agree? I mean, definitely. I would not want to go under general anesthesia if I didn't have to. And as times progressed 20 years ago, we didn't do a lot of aesthetics. Uh, Now we do. 
And it's just so important to properly assess the patient's anatomy, their skin type, their lifestyle, their personality. So everyone doesn't get the same uh, procedure or procedure. So it's really important not to cookbook these patients. And whatever patient you're doing, um, try to match them with what you think is going to and what they think is going to make them the most happy and satisfied and gratified because a lot of patients don't have downtime. They have to uh, continue to work. So I can tell you I had this on one night and the next day I was, you know, back at work doing doing what I normally do. So I was not uh, limited or um, did not have the need to take any time off after my procedure. Mm, that's great. That's great. And now, with with this procedure, how long? And and again, I'm sure it depends on you know the type of patient, how many threads right. they have. But right. in general, right. what is the length of time for the procedure? You know, from the patient coming into the practice to them walking out. Right. So maybe an hour or an hour and a half um, would be good, and that would be like you said, walk in to walk out. They walk in. Um, we go over the procedure with them. I'll insert in here that we never in our office do the threads the same day that we discuss them with the patient. We give them some material. We really want them to review it and understand what they're getting. Then they come back. They do their consent. We do a um, sterile uh, prep um, on them, and then we uh, perform the uh, procedure, and then someone goes over the um, post-op material. But the part that I would do uh, putting in the threads, you know, might be as short as 10, 15 minutes, again, depending on how extensive it is. Mm, okay, that's great. That's great. And then is there any bruising at all with this procedure? <clears throat> yes. So you can definitely get, obviously, the chances of bruising increase with the number of threads that you uh, that you get. We screen people to make sure they're not on blood thinners, or if they are, they stop it at an appropriate uh, period of time. So age and other medical conditions come into play, but that would probably be the most common uh, side effect or um, post-procedure sequela is a better term to, to put it, with um, with threads. Okay, okay. Well, that's pretty normal, really, with any kind of injectable. Like yeah. You can expect that there may be a little bit of a little bit of bruising, a, a little bit of, of, of swelling. Um, now, I know for you, exactly. you said you know that you you went right back to work the next day. Um, do you right. recommend your patients kind of take it easy for a day or two following the procedure, or or any other lifestyle you know kind of short-term limitations? Right. So a lot of them come in, let's say Thursday, Fridays, uh, to do this. Outdoor activity, swimming, any kind of extensive uh, contact with um, with with water, you know, major high-end outdoor things, we probably recommend that they don't do. But if they have an office job or, you know, sitting behind a desk, there really shouldn't be any issue with them going back to work the next day. Okay, okay, that makes sense. And then, you know, I... Um you know, I think my my last question to you is is probably more in terms of male patients versus female patients. Um, do you right. see any difference there in treating you know with the Asherfil Fraz male versus female, or is it pretty much the same across the board? 
So that would be an interesting uh, study to do, but mm-hmm. I can tell you from what I see, of course, most of my patients are females, I think, as in most aesthetic practices, but more males are getting into this, and my prediction, and I don't have years of data to back this up, is men are going to start doing threading a bit more because then they don't have to do more aggressive things. And, of course, they're less apt to do a facelift, let's say, than a, uh, than a female. So I think, like including myself, if we can do things a little bit along the way to avoid big things, I think that would be really good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Dr. Kassir, we have a couple of minutes left on the show, and, you know, I know that our audience and um, our listeners you know, would love to know how best to get a hold of you. Um, but before I, I ask you to kind of give them the information, are there any questions right. I haven't asked you that are other areas that we should be discussing? Well, I I just want people and listeners to, to realize that aging is a continuous thing, and if they can just visualize a wall with bricks in it, when you age, these little bricks are falling out of the wall. And when enough bricks fall out of the wall, it collapses. And in your face and in your body, that's a wrinkle. So it's all about restoring the bricks in addition to acutely repairing whatever it is that that they don't like. So these threads, the thing that I've been very pleasantly surprised with is not just the gravitational change and pull that we get, which is expected, which is why we did them, but it's the improvement in the quality of the skin by stimulating collagen production and putting more of these bricks back in the wall. That's That's been very, very, very good and I'm starting to utilize this a lot more just for this indication. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Dr. Kassir, again, our audience listeners would love to, you know, know how to get in contact with you, so if you wouldn't mind sharing with us your practice, you know, um, website and telephone number, that would be great. Absolutely. So our telephone number in Dallas is 214-360-1500. And our website is www.kassirdermatology.com. That's K-A-S-S-I-R dermatology.com. And we'd love to field inquiries and interest from um, listeners and patients everywhere. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Kassir, thank you so much for being on Aesthetic Insider Radio. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the show, and I'd love to have you back on as a guest at some point in the near future. I would love to. Thank you so much, Angela. I really appreciate the time. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.